I create podcasts and I destroy them. Oh, not a hate watch. Hello, everyone. It is me, Missy Information, here, as always, with my companion, compadre, my Mila Kunis to my dog, the bounty hunter. It is Alice. How are you doing, Alice? Hi, I'm trying to get my hearing back after that. That was loud. <laughs> I apologize. You know, it, that's about the expectation that you get from the film when that moment happens. Not much of a lead up to it. Yeah, so this is true. Um, the Eddie Redmayne of it all. Very much so. Um, oh, the Eddie Redmayne of it all. I'm sure you'll have lots of notes for, for oh, Mr. Redmayne. Oh, God, I hate that guy. Um, yeah, we watched Jupiter Ascending. Um, this was the pick mm-hmm. from, from last week's guest, Lori. Um, you had never seen it, and I no. had I had seen it once, and so this is my second time watching it. Um, yeah, let, let's let's start with why was this on your list to begin with? It was on my list because I had pulled from I think a couple different sources of films that I had not yet seen. This one might have come from the how did this get made list. Mm. It could have also been added because we had just simply talked about. Uh, other films from the Wachowskis. We talked about The Matrix and also uh, The Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions. Mm -hmm. So I maybe added it at some point after that. But it was just on there because I had heard what everyone else had heard, which was this was a bad, failed uh, science fiction film. And so you have no real reason to watch this. And I wasn't a fan of the Wachowskis nor of... um, Well, I know maybe I was a fan of the Wachowskis by this period. I'm trying to think if I had seen Cloud Atlas by then or not. Um... I probably had either way, uh, but I didn't like. You know, I didn't love them as auteurs, so I wasn't you know sure. seeking it out yeah. in that regard. But it, yeah, I just was curious about it. Hot take, Alice. I loved this movie. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. I liked it the first time I saw it, but something about it the second time really, really did it for me. Really? Oh, I was worried. I thought this was going to be something that you did not care for. No. Wasn't your cup of tea. And so we'd be having an opposites, you know, being, this is interesting. Well, okay. So you saw it first. What did you like about it on your first impression and now here on your second watch? So the first time I watched it, I think I had my expectations going really big because I think to hear people describe this movie, I think you touched on this a little bit, is like to say like it is a colossal failure. It's a bomb. It's ridiculous. The Wachowskis are off the deep end. Um, there's bees and there's royalty and there's dogs and 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 everything and 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 that those things are all true. But um, the first time I watched it, I just remember thinking like, "Oh, I've seen that. It wasn't as bad as I expected, but it was kind of weird." And I and I really don't I really don't like any red vein, which I still don't. Um, and so that was definitely a sort of bummer on of that part. But there's it, there's also just a lot going on in this movie. There's a lot of plot in a way that I think the first time I was a little confused and watching it again for the second time, it made a lot more sense to me. And so, but yeah, I, I found that as I was watching it, I definitely remembered a lot of it, but also was really, really into, really into it in a way that... I don't think I connected with it in the f- the first time I watched it. I yeah, that's. I, it's interesting that you what parts you liked from the first part of it, and I um, this is my first time watching it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I knew about this going into. I, I knew the Mila Kunis is a queen bee, and they're like 
recycling humans for energy. Mm. But I also would have gotten that from the film. So it's yeah, not something yeah. where I'm just like, I was trying to figure out maybe did I come in with enough knowledge that I watched this and cleared certain hurdles that the audience has had. But I thought the film explained itself pretty well. I don't think it really was a case where I was like wondering um what the heck's going on at any given moment. Yeah, I think I think a lot of that speculation is from people who hadn't actually seen it or sat down to watch it just based on just based on secondhand like one person saw it and was like this movie is ridiculous. The 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 bees recognize royalty. Channing Tatum is a half dog person. What the fuck is this movie? And that that propagated or propagated throughout like culture without people actually sitting down and watching it. That's my theory. I mean, I know we know that people didn't watch it because it didn't do that well in the box office. But um, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So 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 talk 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 us through you watching this movie and falling in love with it. So I this is a clean watch. I finished this maybe. Uh, less than an hour, yeah, less than an hour ago. I liked the ideas in it. I really was fascinated by how they portray a multi-planetary industry. You know, it's not, it's an empire, but it's not even really an empire. It's like a, you know, a corporation. They talk about it in that way, you know, as Eddie Remain says, to consume is to live. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed... I was fascinated by gene worship. I wrote that down, and that was something that was really interesting to me. And sort of, like, when they talked about the genetic code, like, Mm -hmm. someone whose exact genetic code is basically reincarnation in their culture. I liked... I liked Channing Tatum as the dog, like, engineer dog person. Yes. That was the part that got memed and ripped so hard. Mm -hmm. I liked it. It worked for me. Because, yeah. I don't know. It, it. I think once you sort of establish this, like, side characters of these animal people, you become a little bit more accepting of it. Like, when there's a deer woman in there, you're like, oh, okay, dog person. This is just normal. Yeah. I, I mean, I, what I would say is it was way more subtle this time than I remembered, even. Like, I think that there's a world where they don't say that he's half dog they just say he's like some sort of genetically engineered soldier and you wouldn't know it's not like he's getting on all fours and barking it's 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 real subtle yeah they basically just imply that he has a heightened sense of smell and heightened sense of reactions and awareness but you're right that could have just been super soldier serum you know insert that in and that could have been the thing as well i just think it's because it's a dog and people are like oh she's falling in love with this, like, dog man. That, I think, was just, like, a weird step too far for some people. Even though where it's, like, you watch movies where, you know, Captain Kirk shags an alien every other episode, you yeah. know, in Star Trek. And and that wasn't, you know, oh, a weird thing and everything like that. But, yeah, I I really liked it. Um, Sean Bean was, I'm glad he didn't die. Such a fascinating side character. Just um, who, I felt he gave a lot of perspective that was needed for Channing's character. Mm-hmm. I should, his name is... Kane, like yes. Kane Nine, I, I, I couldn't help but I, I was gonna sigh a bit, but then I remembered that if he's a engineered soldier, that he didn't come up with his name. You know what I mean? Like sure, that was yes. assigned to him. So it just also shows you that even in the infinite millennia of space with a billion years on hand, people can still only name stuff after. Like it's like naming your cat Kitty. You know, there's that's still gonna be a base thing that you get it down to at the end of the day. Well, it's like it's like that 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 famous tweet said. 
the the Wachowskis made the Matrix. They saw how it was misinterpreted. And decided they would never be subtle again. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I there's not not a lot of subtlety. I mean, but there is there is a lot of subtlety actually. I think the world building wasn't that hammered over the head. Like they sort of let you observe it, see it, and then kind of just explained what they needed to. Yeah. I don't think this was like a confusing mess of a plot. No. People might not have liked it. Right. But it made sense for what it was. I think I also get this discourse mixed up with the discourse around Valerian. Right. Because I did remember thinking to myself, why is Rihanna not shown up yet? Right. I thought she had something to do with this until I remember, oh no, that's a completely different other space fantasy right. opera so, that people thought didn't go anywhere and right. was unsuccessful. So, so, here, so I want to say, had plot. something yeah. I thought was really interesting, because I was looking at, I was looking this up after after I watched the movie. This movie came out, and then Valerian came out fairly shortly thereafter, I think like within one or two years after. But Valerian was based mm-hmm. on a comic series, and this was yes. original. I think yes. this is the last big swing intergalactic Star Wars template style science fiction movie that introduces lots of planets, lots of different races and things. The last original movie to do this. Like, at all. I, lo- I looked at a list of science fiction movies. I don't think... Everything's now an adaptation of, like, a Marvel movie or something. They're, we don't get this stuff anymore. This was, like, the last big swing. And, it, and if nothing else, watching it this time, it's just like... This is just so refreshing. It's so... Like, I'm sick of seeing the same things repeated over and over again. And, like, when... when And, like, I really love stories like this. I really loved the Mass Effect series of games, which are, like which are like Star Trek in space, um, but but in video game form. And so like I really liked this. Like I, I love that they took a lot of swings. They introduced a lot of different styles of like ships and, and, and creatures and things. They didn't they didn't take the time to feel like they had to bang you over the head with explanations for why everything was the way it was. It all just kind of functioned in, 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 with an internal logic to its own society, I fucking loved the bounty hunter characters. Um, um, one of my favorite actresses in the world, Bay Duna, playing playing Razo, the blue the blue dreadlocked girl on a motorcycle. Yes, of course, yes. of course. Continuing the Wachowski tradition of putting dreadlocks on non black people, which is not great, still not great. Lana, I'm sorry, it's still not great, but. Loved her. Loved loved that. Loved that they had the little like sort of rivalry amongst the bounty hunters. They were double crossing each other. Just, just great. Like like it, it did the. It, it, I felt like that part of the movie especially did the thing that I think, um, Star Wars and Empire Strike Back especially did best. Where it introduces these bounty hunters, it makes them. It gives them a motivation. It gives them a little bit of. You, you can tell there's a history there between them, but it but it makes you want more and like. I absolutely would 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 watch a, a spinoff movie about those about those characters the two the, the two that get, get away with the uh, the Abraxas um, um, life juice or whatever it is at the end of at, at the end of that part of the movie. Yeah, I, I believe at some point I read that this was intended to be a mini series and or like the original script was a six hour film something like that where there was a lot more on the table that mm-hmm. just end up getting cut and I would watch that. I would double the amount of length of this film and still enjoy it. There was a lot more of this world that I wanted to explore. That aspect being one of it. You know, I would have loved to see more types of uh, genetically engineered humans and what other animals they do with and why. Some of the, you know, maybe the specialties and stuff. I also liked how they were wrapping in 
common folklore revolving around aliens mm-hmm. and um, vampires and- you know like and yeah so they explained like crop circles because the you know the plane that took off they had the little gray aliens are the specific species mm-hmm. of alien that blend in they talked about you know like memory erasure technology you know a little it being a little bit from men in black but still the fact that you know why do all these people have you know memories and some people can remember it and others can't you know they can't catch everyone like they had little nuggets like that where it was also building this you know the fact the alien race killed the dinosaurs yes uh, you know in order to have the humans you know and then also realizing there was like a lizard dinosaur race of people and i was like wait was that like relations to them or something like it was one of those wild things where there was so much going on that they also were answering questions that no one asked about the lore of this universe Mm -hmm. which i really Liked. I just liked that these things were being brought up. And also just the the, the concept of and, and this is the big part of the plot, so we can just get into this this part of it here. Taking a, a harvest of humans, a whole planetary harvest, all at once, just taking them up and turning them into pure genes and genetic code to bathe yourselves in to create immortality. Because time is the most precious resource to these people. Because when you get so much wealth and materialism mm-hmm. has no meaning, the only stuff that you have is extending your life through, yeah. like, literal existentialism to extend oneself. Mm-hmm. It was wild that that was the entire rich people's plot. Yes. Like, that was the reason for everything happening in this film was the few wanting to exploit the many, and that's like... Our villain. I was like, yes, okay, you know, burn the system down, Wachowski's like, I get it, I'm on board for this. Yeah. And, and 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 it's just capitalism all the way down, like up up mm-hmm. to the the family that rules everything. And and like I feel like I just like the big thing I've been reading a lot of articles about recently is all the rich people trying to make themselves younger and like like mm-hmm. genetically engineer their bodies so that they can live longer lives and stuff. And so like it this movie came out in 2015, so that was eight years ago. It, it was, like, ahead of the curve on this stuff. Yeah, it really. the fact that it was talking about some of those things I found was fascinating because it's hard to tell, like, okay, did this pick up on the trend earlier than other people did? Was this in the news? You know, think placing about it because a lot of these concepts and stuff were things that I've just known about. It's the same reason why I liked... Cloud Atlas and liked Matrix Reloaded slash Revolutions was just the theming, was the the questions that it chooses to tackle. And I think that's what the Wachowskis are very good at. Maybe they aren't always the best at execution. And I don't know if that is the limitations of just creating a motion picture and what you can do with it. They're never going to be able to fit all those ideas down, you know, into this medium or whatever, but I'll never fault them for raising any of those questions because that's the stuff that I... That's what keeps me watching, keeping me in. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's just action sequences or it's just sheen shine and a world, but I don't know why these people are living into it or what they're doing here, which a lot of science fiction films and Marvel films kind of set up and do, you know, that there isn't that reason for me to question the... the the human humanity, but you know, in this case, the humanity and the motivation of it all, and that's what they were scared about. They were scared about her humanity, the fact that she cared about other people. Like, ah, that is the enemy of of people in power and keeping them in power. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And something that was also surprising me about this movie is that there is the love story between her and and Channing Tatum's Kane, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's not like 
love conquers all necessarily. It was as much about her wanting to no. protect her pa- her family, right, and 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 then bringing that into it. Um, and so in that in that regard, it was very it was a little I think different from I think where I think a lot of the 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 um, philosophical nature of the Matrix ties in where where there it is very much about love. Um, here it, there was definitely love, but it was also just about like you said, caring about others and empathy and and humanity versus versus capitalist greed, like pretty pretty on its face. Yeah, well, because even at the in the end, Mila or I call her Mila, but uh, Jupiter was willing to sacrifice herself and her family to save humanity. Mm-hmm. She makes the choice that Keanu Neo doesn't make and which is he goes for Trinity and and to save one person over saving humanity because yep. he thinks he can, you know, basically do both and he does. And in this weird way it's the reverse of it where she decides that I'm willing to sacrifice myself if it means, you know, the saving humanity and then allows Channing Tatum uh, uh, to make the decision to come save her against the odds and mm-hmm. call all that kind of thing. But it was interesting seeing Jupiter's journey of accepting her fate. And I felt like they also, also pretty good job, I think, of her reacting to all of the things that are going around her and taking in the new information, except she took way too long to question why she was being called Her Majesty. Mm. I, I, it was said three different times before she raised the question, okay, but seriously, why are you calling me Your Majesty? That's a little bit weird, isn't it? It, it is weird, but also at this point she's already met dog man who flies through the sky and w- with roller skates so that's true and had a battle over the skies of chicago yes. which i love i love a battle sequence in chicago when you're driving down lower whacker underneath the city then you're going over the river oh my gosh really really I, that segment worked a lot for me and then you have to turn around and then oh it'll be it'll repair itself within a day or two you don't need to worry about any of the damage you know they're good at this this is what they do mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I found it interesting them talking about how, I think it's Sean Bean's character who brings it up first, that humanity isn't ready to know about aliens and the bigger picture and stuff, Mm -hmm. which I always find a fascinating reoccurring theme within science fiction and specifically that has to do with Earthlings and aliens Mm -hmm. and how they relate. And that's always brought up that... Humanity isn't ready for this. That's why we're hiding it. Or that's why, you know, we didn't go public or why we're trying to stop it. You know, whether it be the invasion or they're already among us or whatever. Yeah. That aspect of the truth is being hidden from us. But this didn't lean into it as like the truth is a scary, dirty thing. It was more of like, oh, you might have a wonderful secret hiding out there that you didn't know about. It was. It's an interesting sort of positive take on that aspect of it, even if, you know, the whole thing why it was there, you know, was was kind of bad. At least, it's just say Jupiter's relationship to everything on here. Sure. I it's mean, terrifying otherwise. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, like, th- part of why they, in the, in the reality of this movie, they don't want to tell is because, like, you wouldn't want to tell a cow that you're raising it to become a Wagyu steak, right? You, you don't, you yeah. don't, like... These people don't have agency because they are raised to be cattle, like literally raised to be cattle. And the idea of doing that on a planet-wide scale is kind of crazy. Like it must, it must even out like efficiency-wise. But I guess like to have a planet with like you know like five thousand five thousand years of a planet raising itself to to hit over overpopulation and then and then just get wiped out. Like the, the return on investment must be huge. Oh, they said it. if if we harvest Earth, we could get the most profit. Again, that's when it was all profit and industry. And mm-hmm. when I realized they were talking about the Empire, and even though they have royalty, 
you know, it, it, that's not what it is. It is about, you know, profit. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and the fact that the reverse happens with Mila in that she was born to be royal. She was born not to be the livestock, but to be the owner of the abattoir. And that weird part, too, where how the Matrix has predestination and determinism in here, a lot of this is the opposite of that. You know, that even your genetic sequencing, if it is identical to someone before you who chose such actions, you know, the circumstances are going to change who that person is. Mm -hmm. And it really is about... The, the nurture as much as it is the nature in that regard, which, again, that's a topic that I love because I do think that nurturing has a lot more to do with just nature because uh, if that was the case, then there wouldn't be so many nice, kind, you know, people out there because that is very much against, like, you know, the zero-sum nature of, of survivalism or profit, you know, exactly on that part. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was really interesting that they, like... I thought it was cool that they call out, like, well, if you need a genetic copy, why don't you just clone? And they like, oh, yeah, no, cloning doesn't work. Like, they kind of, oh, like, yeah. hand wave it off, but I thought it was really funny and smart. Um, well, and for the same same reason that, like, you don't use the same genetic code for crops and stuff. Right. It was, oh, there was a blight. It came in, almost wiped out the human crop. But you know what? We diversified and came back from it. It was just weird to hear that talked about. You know, coming from a, uh, an agriculture state in the same casual way that it would be. It's like, well, yeah, well, there was, you know, soybean failure yeah. and, you know, percentage of the state. So we had to take those losses or whatever. It's, yeah, very wild. Also, also chasing the cornfield, chasing the cornfield. Exactly. Canonically, uh, I believe that they stopped in Iowa for that part because I just want to believe that if you're going through cornfields in a place that's outside of Illinois, you're probably at Iowa. Wait, but. Most of Illinois is also is also agricultural. No, just I know, I know, I know. I'm trying to just like take this. We need okay, okay, whatever okay, thing yeah, we can yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 Sean, yeah. Sean, Sean Bean's in Iowa. Sean Bean's in Iowa right now. <laughs> I really liked the design of the ships, but specifically, mm -hmm. I liked how each of the family members had like different aesthetics yes. that they went with, and how it was all ornate, but like. How uh, Balam, uh, Eddie Remain's character, had like uh, that industrial blade runner, like everything is just built up because it's for a purpose and mm -hmm. raw manufacturing. Whereas uh, they went to the sister's planet and everything was ornate and marble and mm -hmm. looked like you were Roman architecture. It looked like Naboo, you know, it just was a, a you know, pristine. And then sort of the sleekness of. Um, the the other brother, I'm forgetting mm -hmm. Titus, uh, and his uh, was more of like I don't know apple by way of everything being slate gray. Yes, uh, <laughs> you know on there, and so you can have a nice you know uh, space orgy where your surfaces or your surfaces aren't covered in space fluids. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they have the space orgy in the pod so that so that you know it's all contained. The, the cleanup is very easy. And then it's talking to someone, hello, would you like clean up afterwards? No, I'll, I'll clean myself off. Thanks, you know, computer. Yeah. All right, we're here to monitor your pleasure. Um, what did you think of the what did you think of the the long bureaucracy montage? Oh, I loved it. I'm a sucker for that. I mean it base it is so interesting that they brought in Notorious Surf, Terry Gilliam, to play a part within it because they're basically doing parts of the scenes of Brazil and mm -hmm. that Douglas also Douglas Adams yep. uh, two people, to the him and Terry 
yeah, and Terry Gilliam are the two people who really leaned on bureaucracy as a point of humor and as a point of it being the most like dumbfoundingly mind-numbingly grinding to a halt thing in existence. So mm-hmm. I thought that was f- very funny and loved the uh, uh, your advocate Bob, I believe was the name, the robot advocate person uh, was brilliant. I thought that was just a great. Yeah, I just loved that scene and the fact that we get to see so many different aliens and mm-hmm. a, and just. Lots of different characters that are within the scenes and the different clerk takers. Just this out gross, nasty world that they made it. It was really fun. It, it, it just felt it felt so realistic also. It's like if the galaxy had to function function, if the galaxy was a was a hyper exaggerated version of what we already have on Earth, mm-hmm. you know, it, with it you know, with our with our people of different races and people from different cultures. I you're gonna end up exactly at the same place. You're gonna end up waiting in line and needing a form that you that you need another form to to fill out and and so on and so forth. Oh my god, I loved it when the very first character they're talking to and she's giving him the rundown. She's like, "Well, if you're claiming a royal title, you'll have to do that. But if it's already owned, you'll have to have a title transference form." Which I just was like, "My god, that's such a dumb play." Not a play, even a play on words, but a play on concept. Where I'm like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> this whole segment is just gonna be." Gonna be great, yeah. I yeah. and I really loved it. And even though, yes, notorious turfy as he is, I did like Gilliam's appearance. Being a big Monty Python fan, I I, I love when he just plays the you know craggedly weird guttural utterance noise machine maker that they always threw him in the sketches to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the the three the three Abraxas characters. Um, yes. Specifically, I really want to talk about Eddie Redmayne, but um, I found I found this time that I really liked the the, the two other siblings a lot. Like I did too. I I would say like once it once you once you meet up with one, that it, it, and then and then the other one like kind of kind of kidnaps or or, or, or secretly takes um, Jupiter. It's like okay, yeah, no, we're gonna go through all three of them. It, it, like it's one of those story structures, but yep. it I really liked how. It felt very much like the Tudors, or like a like a like a um, like a like a royal family style intrigue. Um, I, I mean, I guess like my point of reference here is really like kind of like Game of Thrones, but that that style of, of um, backstabbing and, and family plotting and stuff was something that actually happened in in real life, not just not just in fiction as well. But I, I, I thought I thought that story was was excellent. Oh, I loved that family and just the. You know, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to get to it in there, in there, but the Mila being their mother, the queen, and, you know, the reincarnation of it, and how all three of the siblings reacted to that, you know, uh, setting aside Eddie Raymond's entire Oedipal complex, you know, forward and backwards, um, well, or Titus's, all of them have an Oedipal complex, oh, you know. Yeah. Uh, do you know what's interesting? Who they don't talk about, I just realized? Their father. There was not a single mention of the father. I just realized it, throughout the entire thing, it was all centered around uh, the Jupiter being their mom. Yeah, interesting. That's okay, but point being, um, they, yeah, I loved. Oh, go ahead. My head cannon. They all have different dads. She she she's getting around. She it's it's a oh. it's, marriage marriage is just a business contract, and the, I like the that, way yes. the way you the way you ensure your safety is you diversify. 
Oh, yeah. Well, in fact, when they were talking about the marriage being a contract, uh, Titus was when he was going to marry his mm-hmm. genetic mom. Uh, it reminded me of like the families in Japan where they adult they adopt adult children because family businesses are important. And so if you want someone to take over who's competent, you just mm-hmm. adopt a person who's basically going to be your next CEO. And it was that sort of thing where he was trying to treat it like that. Obviously, we know he was lying and he was trying to mm-hmm. take over her sure. claimants like all of them were kind of doing. Because the sister wasn't really trying to take over the claimant. She really was just like, I like having a back mom. And again, the other if my other two brothers lose out, then that's my gain, you know. But I, she seemed I, the I, least to have an agenda of the of, of them all. She she seems like the relative who shows up to Thanksgiving, gets way too drunk, and just starts throwing bombs into the conversation just just for the mm-hmm. chaos of it. Yeah, I was a little. I mean, I guess you know, Remy being the big bad, we did get to that point. But I guess I was a little bummed the siblings didn't come back. Yeah. So we get to see their reaction to where it is on there, but maybe that would have come into play in a theoretical sequel or something like that. But yeah, just just the Titus saying he wants to stop the production of stuff was an interesting lie because the fact that he knew or maybe suspected that was going to be the difference with Jupiter versus mm-hmm. his mom. Having cleaned toilets, you know, being raised by humanity, had that real empathy versus it just being I was bred into royalty and these people are always a resource to me you know it's they aren't they aren't people they are just a thing we're people because we're we've been here forever um we should talk about Eddie Redmayne I I I strongly dislike this man partially because of him almost winning an Oscar for playing a trans woman in The Danish Girl but also I just kind of find him generally insufferable also, strangely, very confused that he's straight. Very, very confused that he's married to a woman. I don't get that. But um, what did you? What did? You, what are your thoughts on Eddie Redmayne and and his performance in the, in Jupiter Ascending? I have only seen Eddie Redmayne, I believe, in one other film, the first um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find an Aborted franchise, mm-hmm. and. And that film, he's just being a weirdo. So I just was like, okay, here's a person being a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And now here he is being a different weirdo. I I don't know if I liked what he was doing or not, but I was definitely tuned in to what he was doing. And, I mean, my immediate assumption was this was his take of someone who was millennia years old and was like had the voice that had the wear and tear and age of someone of that being old but had the you know bought the features of a young person or younger person relatively speaking and so whenever he talked like this it just sort of invoked the old you know british you know, people, speakers of old, those old actors who did silent, quiet talking to get you to have to listen to their every word so that you know. And then when they shout, oh, the room comes in to listen to them. Yeah, it, it was an interesting take, but it was acting. I mean, it, it was hammy in an opposite direction of Camp, but I don't know if it was still classified as camp. I don't know. I, I don't think- know what his performance was. I don't know the reference point. I don't know. Yeah. I, I it didn't. It didn't destroy the film for me. I think it was trying to be camp, but it didn't go far enough. The point of reference I kept thinking of was 
it just seemed like an inferior version of Gary Oldman's character from The Fifth Element. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see that comparison very easily. Whereas I think I think yeah. Oldman really really nails it and goes over the top in a way that 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 it needs. I just didn't think that um, that that Redman was successful here. No, I think he's a, a very naturalistic actor. So I think he was doing something that was consistent and like thought over and labored over. And I think you have to put a certain effortlessness into these mm-hmm. things and just acknowledge the like Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum acted in flu circles around Edward May because he knew what film he was in. Yes. And he knew how to play off this. He knew his persona or whatever is in there. You know, I, I, I would be curious, the conversations on set, what the Wachowskis asked of him, what they were going for, what... Because maybe as far as I'm concerned, he did exactly what they wanted them to do and that mm-hmm. was the before, you know, they were happy with it and so... I don't know if I'm going to fault him or not, if that's what they asked him to do. But he feels like a person who, who came onto set with this ready to go. And this was him bringing a character on and was like, I'm going to take this. And they were like, yeah, that's good, you know, and 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 ran with it. But it definitely feels like, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen enough Red Mane to, to get a pulse on him. I don't know what he's like. I think it's the same thing with Joaquin Phoenix and we talked about the Joker. I don't know what Joaquin Phoenix's deal is, so I don't know based on this performance if it's he's a good actor or not. You know, I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't hate it though. I didn't hate it. I think that's the thing is that I certainly did not have the amount of dislike that you you have toward the performance and also just Redmayne in general, which yes. completely understand why. Yeah, I hate that fucker. Um, I, I'm I'm already disinclined to li- to dislike what he's what he's doing, um, just because it's the nature of him. I, and I think that if they put someone else in that role, like a like a Hugo Weaving type, I could see that being a lot more effective for me. Hmm. I may cut this because it's kind of unnecessary, but it's a thought that I had. I just find it interesting that his like like a cis straight abled actor to the Oscar nominations that he got was for playing a trans person and a disabled person. And like one of the most famous examples of each of them. Mm -hmm. And so as an actor taking those roles, you are setting yourself up to be disliked by a lot of members of those community for... For I guess, for lack of a better term, the audacity to try at sure. those roles. But sure. when actors get rewarded for shit like that, how, what are they supposed to do? Say no? Like Oof. it's a terrible like cycle that the system has. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that as a sense of he should say no. But I am saying in just terms of the system, the system has it set up so that people like this can come in and play these actors because oh they're white and abled and oh it means that they're a versatile actor versus mm-hmm. taking on something that shouldn't be. And little rant. Don't know if that needs to be in the <laughs> in the upper but yeah, I just had that weird thought about Eddie Raymond and just the Eddie. If we're trying to answer the question of why Ed Ed Ray, that's what I'm wondering too. Is is what does he do on set or things like that that make him an actor that people want for such specific roles? I mean, I think he he's willing to commit himself to things. I don't think you take on an impersonation of Stephen Hawking or or um, Lily Elb without. Without being a, like being 
willing to take a big swing and commit. I, I don't want to defend him though. I fucking hate that guy. Um, him, it was just like there was just that period in the, like the er, the early 2010s where you had um, Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club winning yeah. an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor and not even men- saying the word trans at all in his fucking speech, let alone the fact that he's playing a trans character entirely. Like very, very. Let little. alone he's Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Who, who? Yeah. I can't. I cannot get into it. Um, and then, and then you've got, and then you got, and then you got Eddie Redmayne with the Danish Girl was the next one, and then there was the Matt Bomer with the um, with anything, which thankfully that movie doesn't really exist uh, other than trans people who hate it. Um, and, and we've mostly um, um, we've mostly worked ourselves out of that cycle now. But I don't know. Um, what were they, What am I trying to say with this? Um, this is you getting all your Eddie, your Eddiness out and letting it out. That's yeah, I think that's where yeah. we were at on this one. I think I think I think you vetoed my let's do all of the bad trans movies during Pride Month idea. So I, I gotta get it out somewhere. <laughs> I don't think I it's really a bummer. entirely it's vetoed a bummer. it. I think I more of just didn't sign up actively for it. <laughs> we we'll be able to talk about this, you know, uh down the line. I'm not opposed to the idea of it, but it's also going to be like, man, I'm going to be hurting myself watching it. That's the thing that I just know is how much it's going to be a painful few weeks if we do do that. Well, okay. If we do that, and this probably won't go in the show, I'm sure, but if we do that, there are some movies that are better. There's there's Soldier's Girl with Lee Pace playing a trans woman. It's okay. Um, as far as these things go, like on the scale of these things, it's okay. Mm-hmm. There's okay. Trans America with Felicity Huffman. Um, yeah. Which is not good, but was was okay for me at the time because I liked Felicity Huffman, and also the mm-hmm. idea that it was a cis woman playing a trans woman was better than a fucking cis guy. Yes, but, yeah, but yeah, those uh, those those two plus then um, Dallas Buyers Club, the Danish Girl, and anything are the are the are the 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 five I think of as the like. The pantheon of bad trans movies with cis people playing trans people. I think we're going to have to do them. I think we are going to have to. That has yeah. been brought up. I think you've brought it into the air, so I'm oh, excited God. about that. Oh, oh. No. what you? I have a question for you. What do you think of Mila Kunis? I know I some people her. don't. Okay, good. I love her too. I, some I, people aren't as hot on her as an actress, but I thought she was great in this. Watching this, it made me realize she kind of got a rough, a rough go of her career. I think she was she was mm-hmm. very, very good in Black Swan. Um, I think she was excellent in this. Um, even though, like, again, this movie, this movie flopped, and and everyone like it was, it was definitely a thing of I was thinking about like they probably worked on this movie for like six to nine months. What is it like to work on something for nine months and then to have like? You just can. You're just not allowed to talk about it any anymore because it's such an embarrassment. Yeah, that's. I always wonder those things too. The people who are working on these, if they know in the moment, it's mm-hmm. going to be a miss. Like, were there were there a lot of notes along the way of maybe being like, "Hey, people aren't going to get this concept. This is a bit too much." Like, what do mm-hmm. I'm always curious? What the notes on films like these are that don't yeah. have an IP? Because obviously, if you're working with an IP, sure. sometimes you might get notes from like you know, say like I'm sure Marvel has people that are going oh, into yeah. canon and checking so right. much stuff off of it and and cornering that. Where this is just two people's idea and their job to sort of tell us what they want us to know and not know within right. it all. Which again, I, I think it did well. Well, and 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 the and this is the Wachowskis who 
I think we're at this point really like on a run of they're still allowed to take big swings and they yes. mostly struck out like like in terms of their film careers everyone no one ever felt like especially from the matrix sequels onward never felt like they lived up to the potential that they had um the previous mm-hmm. movie they made to this was cloud atlas which which i know you are a big fan of but i think externally as someone who was a fan of the wachowskis kind of felt like well that that was another swing and a miss it was trying to do something and it was like it it, it went too far and this was around the same time where sense eight started and that was seen as a big boondoggle as well um this film was also made was also uh produced by warner brothers who is their who is their production partner for all their movies basically from the matrix onward and part of it was like i wonder how like was Warner Brothers just giving them the money to make this to keep them on to keep them like happy so that maybe they would make another Matrix someday for them? Because I wonder if they just were because their ideas are so out there. Like <clears throat> I wonder how many executives said the Matrix wasn't going to work. Do oh, you know I, I, mean? I mean, I feel like we know this. Everyone, everyone did. No one, no one yeah. understood it. Yeah. So I feel like it's a lot of times. And this is the entire concept of the podcast, Blank Check. I'm not trying to, like, just, you know, ape this directly for it. But I do think this is true in the regard for the people like the Wachowskis. They can make films like this because they already had successes that proved that maybe if I don't get it, there's other people that will. Sure. So it could be a case, too, where they're trying – when they're going to get these things across, that there's sort of that faith that this could be the next Matrix. Not even necessarily that they were holding them on to mm-hmm. try and get them to have the next Matrix, but they who knows if it isn't. I think it's telling that, is the next film they made after this one, were they in, like, director jail until, um, was it Lana who made the Matrix? Resurrections? Uh, Resurrections? Yes. Yeah, so so they made so they made this. It did not It did not do well. Um I, I think it, it it got close to breaking even at least box office wise, but it, it was not the success they wanted it to be. And then they also because this came out in twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen was also when Sense Eight came out, and Sense Eight was seen as a big swing. That was when Netflix is going to write them a blank, like write all of these creators blank checks in terms of budgets and things, just because they needed content. Um, and then Sense Eight did not do well. Also, they 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 managed to get a second season, and then a um, and then the and then the the the, the third season wrap up movie, um, largely out of out of fan protest. Um, but I think between those two, um, also this movie came out when this movie came out. Um, Lily had not yet come out as trans. Lana had, but Lilia did not. And so, like, her dead name's in the credits of this movie. Um, at some point then, between season one and season two of Sense8, Lily transitions. Lily steps back from season two of Sense8, and then Lana makes uh, Matrix Resurrections alone. Lily, Lily does not. Lily does work on... Um, Work on uh, work in progress, which is the Showtime show, um, but she has not made another movie since since Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, it is interesting that this is the point of divergence because again, mm-hmm. we liked this film, so it's hard for me to come at it because I don't necessarily get it. I mean, I guess I do get it because we have talked about all the elements of this film. Sure. That- that don't work on the face of it and would turn people off. I'm sure Eddie Redmayne's weird performance made a lot of people not like this. I'm sure Channing Tatum dog person made a lot of people not like this. I'm sure just the whole Mm -hmm. weird, I'm a queen bee and everything is like designed for you. I'm like that. I'm sure they were like, this is weird, you know, hippy dippy nonsense or whatever, but it's just, yeah, it works for me. So I guess it's hard 
It's it's also frustrating it's... because I would take even if I didn't like this movie, I respect the ambition of it in a way that like mm-hmm. because we don't get movies like this anymore, like everything went to streaming and now and now no one's making it. Like I said, this is I think the la- like this and Valerian were the last big budget sci-fi like interplanetary sci-fi Star Wars Star Trek style properties that 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 came out as movies like mm-hmm. everything after this was either a marvel movie like like a guardians of the galaxy or like a, a, an existing franchise movie like a star trek or a star wars there has been no new innovation in the space and i would i would rather like i would love to have a movie like this come out every 3 years and and even if i don't like it at least at least try to do something new i agree i like space mm-hmm. world building. I really enjoy I'm not a person who's fascinated by space in general mm-hmm. as like a lot of people are, like sure. their actual travel and stuff, mostly because I know like it's not going to happen in my lifetime, so I just don't have fantasies about it. But I really but do you, you, you like don't, You don't you don't think Elon sends people to Mars next week? You don't you don't believe oh, that? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure he already has. It's going to be a big huge success. Uh, as soon as they can get logged into the computer mainframe that started crashing immediately, you know. Yeah, I I would love more like this. I would love also, like, we've talked about it. I almost wish this could get a miniseries. Like, some sort of return. I know everything we're talking about, the curse of returned IP and IP is terrible. But again, we've stumbled across one of the ones that I would want to explore more and, and, and do things on. But what I guess I would like is more more people to be able to get shots like this to just come in with a world and be able to do it and you're right the industry is not at that point streaming and you know the box office having to bank on having to bank on big blockbusters really makes stuff like this a risk and frankly this might have been one of the films that made studios turn from it. This was a lot of money to invest to just get a middling box up. You know, $200 million budget to basically not really even make $200 million back. Like, that's that happened a lot. I know there's a lot of big blockbusters like that that happened. And that led to people saying, oh, Marvel is now the only thing that's dominating the box office. COVID obviously didn't help in that regard. But I am glad that we're seeing a return to cinemas and a return to mid box office things on here because i'm hoping it will build an an appetite for other people saying hey let's get some more ip out there let's just get or some new ip you know i even hate why i'm calling it ip new ideas new stories new scripts new themes new characters fucking don't i don't want new ip just give me a well-told story like this where I get into well well-told story well you know interesting story well-told 100 maybe not but Interesting stories like this, where get more man dog people. You know, maybe that's just what I want is is more uh, barf from from space balls. Yes, exactly. Um, if you if you found out that you were the owner, the 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 royal um, reincarnation, and then and then were given the title owner of Earth, would you go back to cleaning toilets? No. No, I don't. I don't think I would. No, no. If I'm honest with myself, I would definitely just use my access to do what I want to do, which would just make silly shit, you know, sort of stuff that we're doing now. But to do it on a on a bigger scale, to basically be able to have an audience right away and and say, 
you know. But I don't know if that'd be fun if you just build something and you just have an audience because you're already in the position. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, but I would definitely, I would definitely uh, not go back to cleaning toilets. Uh, I would take some sort of leveling up or at least a solid lateral move. Yes, yes, Clean, cleaning, cleaning sinks. There it is, cleaning sinks. So what are we going to watch next? What are we going to watch next? Alice, we had a little bit of pre-talk, and you had an idea for our next film, and I had an idea for our next film. We did not say what our ideas were. I had a feeling I might know what it is. I asked one question, is it related in any way, shape, or form to what we just watched? And you said yes. Do we want to count down and say it at the same time? Or do you just want me to say the name of it right now? Why don't you just say it? Are we going to be resurrected? Yes. We're going to go back. Yeah, to where, we are. We're going to go back to where it all started. Back to the Matrix yes. Resurrections. I'm <laughs> very excited. After watching this or just even knowing it, I had the idea of like, you know what? We should definitely, definitely just knock Resurrections out next. I think I'm ready for it. It's been over a month since the emergency episode. That's been plenty of time. Uh yeah, I want to go. I want to go back to the Matrix. I'm I'm so excited because I I love that movie. It's one of it's it is probably now one of my favorite movies. I am going to be heartbroken if you don't like it, but you're allowed to not like it if you don't want to. But um, it's really interesting. It was really interesting watching Jupiter ascending through the lens of also the Matrix Resurrections existing. There are some. There are some similarities, and there are some themes that I think are really interesting. Also, the end of that movie is basically the exact same as the end of this movie, so um, I don't really think that's spoiling anything. Um, but you'll you'll see you'll see when you'll see when you watch what what I mean. Um, okay, it's it's good. It's very good. Um, you're gonna get to meet my favorite character in the world, Bugs, as in Bunny, um, and so. I'm I'm super excited to watch Matrix Resurrections. Um, what are what do you, what do you know about it? So it was funny. I was just thinking to myself, this is maybe one of the films that is, if if we had not started with the series of films, it would be breaking the title of our show because this is absolutely not a hate watch, and I don't want to even remotely avoid it. The reason I avoid this film to begin with is that I hadn't seen any of the other ones. That's you know the reason for being on sure. the list. We'll just put it broadly speaking, but I know. So I know I read about it when it first came out, because, of course, curious about the discourse, something that I'm trying to not do as much anymore, especially with these films now. Any film that is in history could come up on the list. I don't want to spoil myself. I know that it is about Neo and Trinity both somehow being reset in the Matrix, that, as far as I know, they are both unaware of this fact. There may be other people... Well, there are other people around them who have to be. I mean, obviously, there's no movie if it's, you know, otherwise. But in the sense of... I don't think it's like... I don't know who our cast of supporting characters are going to be. Because this now takes place how long after the events of the third film. So there's a lot that I'm waiting to see who comes into play. I unfortunately know some of the reveals about... I'm saying this so I don't spoil it for people who haven't seen the film yet. I know there are reveals of of character identities that happen into it. So I won't be spoiled 
when those come up. But I am excited to see how that pans out that they fit within you. So yeah, wait, wait, wait. I, it's just wait, just say just say what you're referring to, and you can cut it out. But I want to know what you think, what, what you're talking about. The fact that the architect comes back and that it's his therapist or whoever. I think. Or maybe that's Smith. I know Smith and the architect come back somehow. And that it's they're involved in in it. I know it's either Jonathan I, Groff I'm not, or I'm not saying Neil Patrick word. Harris. I'm not yeah. saying a word. <laughs> no, I know you're not saying a word. No, no. I just know I just know that's a part of it and that that's a reveal within it, but I don't know how or again, it's been a while since I, I read the plot synopsis and have purposely been trying not to think too much about it, although obviously we're thinking about it now, so yeah. Okay. That's not exactly right, but but again, I'm not saying anything. Yeah, no, I yeah, it's I know it's yes, I know that I probably don't have all the details exactly in there, but that's again good that I know at least that I have stuff to look forward right. to that it will surprise me. Yes, and I will also say, um, a lot of people didn't like that movie. It, it, like, like I mean, obviously, there's the like sort of toxic, reactive like YouTuber. Like like this movie was terrible. This movie's woke garbage bullshit. But even even amongst fans of the Matrix series, even people who liked the sequels, this movie is divisive. And so I do think it qualifies for not a hate watch territory. I think there is a chance that you won't like it. But my hope is that it, that's not the case. Um, and and I and I'm and I'm trying and as, as enthusiastic as I am about that movie, I also don't want to sway you too much. I am genuinely curious to see what you think. I don't think it's good. I like. I don't even think you sway. In fact. You know, in fact, ironically, you sort of were swaying me away from the Matrix sequels just in the sense of you thought I wouldn't like them. And so it introduced that as the way that I was entering into it. So this, I think I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to enjoy it even as a film. I think I'm going to enjoy going back into the world of Matrix also because I don't have any preconceived notion about what I think should happen. I don't have headcanon built up to where I want what I want these characters to be doing so i think that's partly why i'm excited too is because i just get to go back into this world i get to log back in to the matrix for a little while it'll be fun hell yeah um hell I'm, yeah. I'm very excited about that um we've been going for a while do you want me to give an update on the morning show yeah why don't you go ahead and give me an update on the morning show where are we at what's going on uh i'm in season two it's still really bad the the season one ends with a climactic reveal of a bunch of bad shit that the network was aware of Steve Carell doing on air by um, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon's characters. And it's very much a like, we don't, we don't tolerate this anymore. Women speak up moment. And then in the season two, it immediately, they immediately start referring to the thing that happened inside the context, inside the fiction of their show in comparison to network and all of these, like these great moments in television. It's just like, can you do that? Can you write something and then say it's as good as this other thing? (laughs) Oh man, what we did, that was almost as great as broadcast news, the movie. Oh, we're the new. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, that's a great way to pump yourself up is to let other people know what you are comparing your own piece of material to. Yes. So that way they can know whether or not you hit the mark. Yes. That's something that I'll take. 
And then, what, and do, then what, do you, what do you think the show you're making is? Yes, exactly. And then, in, and then season two, Steve Carell's still in the show. He's in. He's in moved to Italy, and he's like eating gelato at a sidewalk cafe. And this like young woke feminist comes up to him and starts telling him, "Get out of here! You're an abuser." And then this old Italian lady comes out and was like, "No, no, he's fine. He didn't do anything wrong. You are the you you don't you don't believe in anything that's real. Feminism is a joke." Um bullshit and, and and like and like at, at one point she says we need a safe space from safe spaces and isn't that just like real life man I, this is definitely what i want to watch for my entertainment it's bad i i would have given up but then but then juliana margulies shows up and she started kissing reese witherspoon so um i'm, I'm in it for the long haul unfortunately but oh my i'm sorry did george Takei hack into our zoom <laughs> Oh, indeed. I love watching when women kiss. It gets me titillated. What are, you, what are we doing? <laughs> um, we're, I, we're doing not a hate watch like we are every week. Okay, okay. So yeah, I am still actively hate watching it. Um, I have like six episodes left in the second season. I don't know if I'm going to make it. The, the kissing is great, but everything else has just gotten so bad. I think you need to push forward, just a, a, a push forward a bit more. You're so close. You know, you can always just have it on as background. You can tune in, tune out. But I think you, I think you need to push through just a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I sent you a, I, I sent, I sent you a clip that I was very I, that I enjoyed very much, which was Jennifer Aniston reclaiming her pizza that she gave to her daughter. <laughs> Yeah, this is is my fucking pizza. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I. Who makes these shows? Who who makes this? Who approved it? Apple TV. I'm so confused. Apple TV. Tim. I know that this is not how this get made, but how Tim Cook sitting in Tim Cook is sitting in Cupertino looking at the dailies and going, this is gold. We we are going to destroy Netflix with this. Just Teehee and man, he must be having the time of his life previewing all of these things. Yeah. Just like we've had the time of our life with Jupiter ascending, but alas, with our film picked, it is now time to reach the end of our journey. We are being slowly put down with the tractor beam, the alien rise up tractor beam, which even that detail I loved, the pure light that beams people up. Loved that. But here we are, we're set back at our table. And we have to be left with what we always say at the end of Not a Hate Watch. Did she just drop a flask containing a hundred dead people? And it's just on the floor and it's just sitting there? That's a hundred people you just wasted. What are you doing? Yeah, bye, Grandma.